What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It's Friday. We've talked about a lot of stuff this week, and my head kind of hurts. Um, and I want to talk to you about something personal. And a good friend of mine is, I think, one of the most optimistic guys. Really smart, smart individual and really focuses on happiness. He's a Harvard. Don't hold this against him. He's a Harvard Kennedy School and Business School professor. Don't hold that against him. His name is Arthur Brooks. And I want to talk to him about teen suicide and what's happening and what can we do to steer ourselves back towards some happiness we talked to arthur brooks in 60 seconds stand by say you got a lot of credit card debt your balance is maybe ten thousand dollars if you only make the minimum payment it's going to take you eight and a half years to pay that off and by the time you paid it off you paid way more way more than ten thousand dollars Here's the thing. There's a way to get that monkey off your back right now if you're a homeowner. Find the light at the end of the tunnel that just might be a cash-out refi from American Finance. Take some of the cash out from your house and pay off that debt, or at least pay off some of that debt. You won't be paying 20% interest rates. You'll probably be paying 5 or 6 uh, percent in interest rates, which will save you over the long run a lot of money. And everybody who is doing business uh, with um, American financing ra- uh, right now on this, they're saving an average of about $695 every single month. Plus, you could end up being able to delay two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. So relief, it's here. Just reach out to American Financing, AmericanFinancing.net, or call 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Arthur Brooks, a brother from another mother, and every time we talk to each other, we both go, why are we not talking to each other all the time? How are you, Arthur? Yeah. I'm doing great. How you doing, brother Glenn? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, I I reached out to you. What was it? About a month ago, and then so many things right. have have happened. We've had to keep rescheduling. But um, I wanted to talk to you because I've I've had um, I've had three children that have been suicidal in the last uh, year, and believe it or not, none of it had to do with what I talked to them about at the dinner table. Um, it is, there is something going on now, um, that is just sucking our children into profound darkness, hopelessness, and meaninglessness. And, uh, I wanted to get your take on it because I'm sitting there and I have access to resources. I, I am lucky enough to have a stable home situation with my wife. We're great partners. I have great relationship with my kids. All of my kids came to me or my wife and said, I'm in trouble. That doesn't yeah. always happen. And even yeah. I and my wife were overwhelmed. What do we do? So can you walk us through some of these things of what's going on? Yeah, no, I, as a social scientist, obviously, this is getting a lot of my attention right now. And as a happiness specialist, 
This is really critical. Everybody wants to be happy. Your kids want to be happy. We want to be happy. And look, we all struggle. This whole idea that, you know, is being, that we're being told increasingly over the past few decades that you have depression or you don't have depression. You have right. anxiety. You don't have anxiety. These are not switches, Glenn. These are dials. Mm-hmm. And everybody is suffering in different ways. This is the important thing for us to keep in mind. We want a diagnosis and then treatment and treat it in some way that will get rid of the problem forever. It the won't. truth of the matter is that there's a lot of suffering in life. And you and I are Christian men. We know that, that suffering is very, very sacred. But when you take the sacred out of the suffering, you're going to be a big trouble. And that's what's happening to young people and a lot of not so young people today. Can you, can, wait, 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 wait. Can you explain, suicide. can you explain, take the suffering out of, of, uh, what, what, what did you just say? The sacredness T- out of suffering. Yeah, sacredness you, out of suffering. The, this is the thing. I mean, back in the, back in the 60s, you know, I got no... You know, I got a, it, every kind of beef with the hippies, and you do too. <laughs> they had they had a very they had a really terrible life strategy that was if it feels good, do, do it. it. I remember when my dad, my dad, you know, I was, you and I were little kids, you know, when that stuff was going down. I remember my dad watching a hippie on TV saying that he's like, "That's the end of America." You know, and, <laughs> <laughs> I had the same thing. I had the same he, thing. He was, <laughs> he was kind of right, but you know. Mm. But you know what? It's much worse now because now our young people are being told if it hurts, make it stop because unhappiness is your enemy and it's evidence that something's wrong with you. There's something defective with you. You know, the truth of the matter is that getting from one end of the day to another has many joys and it has many sorrows. And what we need to do is to understand ourselves, to love each other, to support each other. And that's exactly not what we're doing. I mean, social scientists like me, we look at it this from, you know, 40 angles and, and you find all these influences that are doing it. But all together, here's what's going on. Our society is giving us one substitute for another for the sources of love in our life that can put all of our feelings and all of our experiences in the context. Social media is substituting for human love. Dating apps are substituting for meeting real people. We find that that uh, that the technocracy and government is pulling our our communities apart. It's fragmenting our families. It's making it easier to not work. It's making it harder and harder for us to practice our faith. Love is declining and tech and technology is increasing. And the result of all of that is that people don't have any way to understand the nature of what their life actually means. And, and, and none of us are safe, Glenn. I mean, none of us are safe and our kids aren't safe from this. I mean, the truth is that, you know, there's four strategies to be happier in life, and they're all about love. There's faith, there's family, there's friendship, and there's work where we serve our sisters and brothers. Boy, That's look at that. Divine, yeah, you know? <laughs> Everything, from- all, four, all four points or pillars are under attack. Absolutely. You know, we are, and again, there's nobody, and you can say there's a dark force behind this, but you're not going to say that there's some person in government or some tech executive that's trying to attack these things. No, but what they're giving us is inadequate substitutes for the sources of love in our life. And the people who are most prone to seeing these things and getting addicted to these things. And the neurophysiology of this is very clear. You can get addicted to smartphones just as easily as you can get addicted to gambling or methamphetamine or, you know, highly glycemic carbohydrates for that matter, or alcohol or, or other horrible, horrible love destroying things like pornography. They're, what they do is they give you a, a neurochemical high instead of the love that you actually crave. 
And that's what's going on. And, and young people are the ones who their brains aren't developed as much. Their, their values aren't developed as much. And they're very easy to fool. And they're being used for money. One other thing, Glenn, by the way. You know, in our society today, which is unbelievably polarized, baby boomers, people our age and older, are conscripting child soldiers into their culture war. Mm -hmm. And we're freaking them out. We're making them say that if you disagree with my views on the climate, then you're evil. That if you disagree with my ideas on COVID, then you're evil. I'm going to cancel you. And this is going on on our side on the right. It's going on the other side of the left. And we got to stop doing that, too, because that's a zombie religion. (laughs) and it's not going to help uh you know arthur i will tell you at the i hope we're at the end of of this uh crisis in our family um and it has been um the hardest probably six months or a year uh of my life my wife's life and our relationship together and yeah. we got to the we got to the end of this and i said or hopefully the end of it and i said um i said to tanya i well we made it can't believe what did, what did what did we learn and we were talking about it and i think what we learned is our faith our faith in god was mature enough to be able to say we can't fix everything and it's we have to give this over to god do what we have to do and all that we can do but the outcome is not in our hands and uh even if it's a bad outcome it will work for his purposes we'll find good in it eventually and uh that's that sounds crazy to say but it's what got us through you know, what you just told me is that there's sacredness and suffering. But yes. You, just, you said it more eloquently than I ever could have, because what you understood, and this is the, the, the growth that actually comes from the trauma of life, and that brings us closer to each other, and it brings us closer to God, is that actually only when we can understand the nature of our suffering, what we're learning from it, how we're loving each other better, then do we understand what it means to be fully alive and putting one foot in front of the other on this earth. But if we're going through life and you know, the campus counseling center is saying, if you're feeling any sort of, you're feeling any sort of sadness, you better get in for counseling right now. And, 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 you know, because of liability reasons, you know, and everybody is pounding our kids with this idea that if you feel rotten, something's defective about you, something's wrong with you. And, and it's bleeding over into our generation too. It's a huge mistake. What we need to do is to understand that, look, life is, is a huge adventure. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad. And, and, you know, every day, if we can get down on our knees and thank the Lord for all of it, every single bit of it, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Not, I'm going to enjoy it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, um, Arthur, when you, when you look at, um, what, what's happening and you, you try to navigate through it. One of the things that I had a problem with, and I, uh, we went to many doctors to talk to them before our kids ever saw uh, any of them. Uh, and, and I wanted to know, look, I'm from a generation that would have said, you re- relate to this. Get up. <laughs> Get, stop yeah. whining about it. Get to work. Go do stuff. Focus. You know what I mean? 
And right. and now all of society is like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. And I I asked the therapist, I, I said, I don't know what's real and what has been caused by society. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if I'm doing more damage by being careful uh, or I do more damage by doing what my grandfather would have done. And right. um, and they said they don't really know because this is so new and it's sometimes a combination of both of them. Yeah. Can you comment yeah, on that lot. at all? Yeah, no, there's a huge amount of mystery in shrouding this. I mean, the whole and, and the truth of the matter is that we go through waves of of in, incredible intellectual or, or psychological distress. This goes in, in waves and it has throughout society going back literally hundreds of years. <clears throat> so you'll find, for example, remember when you and I were little kids and there was this huge, huge problem of kids running off and joining cults? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, and, and then it stopped. You know, it stopped. You know, all of these self-harmful behaviors. You know, there was a time, you know, back when there was this book called Sybil in the 1970s yeah. about a woman with six personalities. Yeah. And, and there was this unbelievable explosion of people that were reporting to mental health um, authorities, to, to, you know, doctor's offices and to yeah. hospitals with multiple personalities. I mean, we don't understand why these things happen, whether they're suggestion, you know, how much of these things are actually coming from you know, what's reality and what actually isn't. But we, we do know is there's the stress and there are, we do know some things that actually work and that all of us can do right now. And especially as parents, there's a bunch of parents listening to us and they're relating to you in a big way. And I talk to people all the time. <clears throat> it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, you're subject to this because, you know, our kids are walking around in this society today. Number one, tough love is fine, but it's got to be love more than tough. Yes. And so it's saying to your kids, no matter what happens, we're going to be together. No matter yep. what happens, we can. And, and guess what? There's a solution to literally everything. You rob a bank. I'm going to still love you. And, you know, don't freak out. It is don't so freak out when it, something's wrong with your kids. It is so weird when you get into this situation, you how much your kids think whatever it is they've done or whatever it is they're thinking that. It's unforgivable and they won't be loved. Mm. And I think that's universal. And when totally. when Tanya and I, um, we would sit down with the kids and they would talk to us about what they were going through, what they were thinking or what they had done or whatever. There were times that Tanya and I, I know, were inside going, ah! Um, but we just, we had agreed before, do not react. Don't react. And then just say, you know what? Let's pray on it. And give ourselves yeah. time to decompress. And when I said to each one of the kids, whatever it is they were dealing with, you know, even if this goes, you know, horribly awry and your life doesn't go any way the, the way you think it's going to, you know that we're always your parents. You know that, right. uh, you know, if you, you know, if you ever did something that caused you to go to jail, we're still the ones mm -hmm. that are going to be visiting you. Because we'll always yeah. love you. And each of them broke down at that moment. And it shocked me because we have such a good relationship with our kids that I thought they would know that. But sometimes you yeah. have to say it to them. Yeah. There's so many things that you need to make overt in these relationships. And it's, I mean, Glenn, the, the data are, is so interesting about how kids learn about these values. Now, remember when you and I first understood our relationship to the master, 
first understood our relationship to God. That was when your first baby was born. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, that's how God loves me. Mm-hmm. Well, your kids haven't had kids yet. They don't know that. They don't understand the nature of, of, of mystical you know, love that's unencumbered by outside values, that you are going to love them forever. They don't know that. You know, there's a lot of other interesting things that we forget as parents. You know, I have this, is, there's some very interesting data that show, for example, that because I talk to people who fret a lot, you know, how do I, I, Christian people, Jewish people, Muslim people, they want their kids to grow up in the faith and they see all these kids wandering away and, and, and being miserable as a result. Yeah. They, they ask me, they ask me a lot, what's the number one thing I can do? And the number one thing, Glenn, that you can do to make sure your kids practice the faith is see their dad practicing the faith. Yes. And there's a reason for that. As a little kid, the strongest human being you've ever seen in your life is your father. I mean, my dad, I thought he was like six foot two and I thought he could lift the house. Now my dad was a college professor, so there was not a lot of lifting going on, but I didn't know that. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, and I'm telling you, here's the deal. My dad bent the knee to no man. But my dad was on his knees saying his prayers yes. with me at night and was on his knees on Sunday. Yes. And I saw that and had a big impact on me. Your kids learn that way with the way that you love unconditionally, the way that you worship with faith, the way that you offer up your own troubles and trials and put them at the foot of the cross, the way that, that you love your wife unconditionally. Okay. That's Hang really on. what it's all about. Arthur, I got to p- put you on hold for about a minute. We're going to come back and uh, make sure that we, he's with us for the hour. Um, I want to uh, continue our conversation because I just interrupted him on his list of things that parents need to do. We'll get to that here in a second. We are so jam-packed uh, today. Also, we had a conversation with uh, President Trump uh, about an hour ago. You need to hear. He made a lot of news in that. Hayden wrote in about his experience with Relief Factory. He said, I've had five back surgeries, and I've never, never stopped having back pain. I heard about Relief Factor from some friends of mine who listened to the show, decided to give it a try. After only a few weeks, I was out of pain. I was, com- I'm underlined, completely out of back pain and feeling good. Relief Factor has lightened my life and reduced my pain. Thank you. Three-week quick start. Try it. Three weeks. If it's not working for you in three weeks, probably not going to work. But try it for three weeks. Take it as directed. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four relief. 800, the number four relief. ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Arthur, um, um, give me the, the four pillars again. It was faith. It was family. work, faith, family, friends or community, friends and work. This is the thing. And these are different ways that we love. You know, the Greeks, the ancient Greeks, they had 11 words for love. <laughs> we have only one and it's very desiccated. You know, it's kind of a, it, it doesn't get to the point. You know, we have so, we have this huge repertoire of ways that we can love and be loved. And this is the essence of it. You know, St. John the Apostle in his gospel, he says, like, just remember that God is love. You know, St. Augustine, when he was asked, you know, early on in the Bible, the whole idea that, you know, in Deuteronomy, where the Jews are enjoying to love the Lord your God with all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and all your means. And Jesus is asked, what do I remember? How do I do that? And he says, love God and love your neighbor. And then St. Augustine says, if you can't even remember that, <laughs> Just love and do what you will. 
That's why, and that's he was interpreting St. John, that God is love. And man, when I'm telling you all of the problems in our society, and I say this as a scientist, I don't say this as just a, uh, as you know, somebody who uh, God my guy. faith, by the way, is more. Right. It's yeah, it's more valuable than my social, my PhD. I'll tell you, but but this is the key thing to remember: that love solves these problems. And when we don't have love in our society, and our children are are being exposed to these forces that are, are antithetical to love, that are driving out love with fear, because fear and love are opposites, they're going to have these problems, and so are we. Okay. Arthur, um, hang on. I want to go through your list of things that you think that parents should know and do. And we'll do that when we come back. Arthur Brooks, Harvard uh, Kennedy School professor and business school professor, um, talking about teens, depression, depression in our own selves and our society. The Glenn Beck Program. You find him at ArthurBrooks.com, by the way. ArthurBrooks.com. Peggy wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Green. She says, Baxter, our Newfoundland, uh, just turned 10 in November. He was losing all interest in eating. That would probably be good with a Newfoundland. They're so huge. Anyway, um, she said, at my husband's suggestion, we purchased Rough Greens. Now he's eating his kibble with just the Rough Greens sprinkled on it. We've had a very positive revol- result in our dog, and uh, we, um, we want to thank you for Rough Greens. Well, thank Dennis Black. He's a naturopathic doctor. He's the one who came up with the vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, all the stuff your dog needs to be healthy and put it into this, this Rough Greens uh, and sprinkle it on the food. And he made it taste good. It's almost like dog crack. Anybody who's had Rough Greens with their dog, if your dog loves it, they love it roughgreens.com slash back just get the first bag free try out for a week just to see if your dog will eat it um, and then get the second bag and then just watch it over the next few months your dog is really uh, at least mine has really changed all for the better roughgreens.com slash back or 833-GLEN33 and head over to blazetv.com slash glen use the promo code glen to save more with arthur brooks coming up Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're talking to uh, Arthur Brooks, who is a dear friend, uh, a man I deeply, deeply admire. He is a, don't hold this against him, a Harvard Kennedy School professor, a business, Harvard Business School professor as well. Um, and he studies happiness. Uh, he, he has studied it all over the world. He's also um, a, a student of the capitalist movement and, and how capitalism or how the free market is a better word when it's truly free leads to so much good he's really fascinating uh to talk to and uh, and to read um arthur we have 10 minutes and i i i want you to give the the things that parents need to know um that you think are really important uh, maybe how we can even help short up so our kids don't go through this but yep. I but I also want to ask you a question and we can d- deal with this any way you want. You know, there's a problem. Our, our youth, everybody thinks that our youth is awful. Um, and I, I don't think so. I don't think they're weak. I don't think they're awful. I find them curious. I find them hungry. Um, you know, not all of them, but but a lot of them. 
and you know if you go back in time my grandmother's parents were saying that ragtime or swing was really bad my dad you know the big bands are really bad elvis is bad ozzy osbourne is bad it's the end of our society is this time different is facebook and cell phones is it just you know uh, another kiss or uh, ozzy osbourne or or is this one different this change different Are you there? Yeah, something happened. I don't know why. We cut out here for a second. So your question is, is this time different? Yes. Does this sound somehow different? And the answer is no. You're exactly right, okay. Glenn. I mean, you go back to Plato was, was complaining about kids these days. Jesus was talking about woe be unto this current generation. I mean, look, there's, a, there's trouble with the next generation. There, you know, everybody born between 1925 and 1945, they're called the silent generation. Right. They were named that by the people from what was called the greatest generation, born between 1905 and 1925. By the way, named by the greatest generation. <laughs> they called themselves the greatest generation. And they called the silent the silent because they were a bunch of slackers, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, this is the most common thing. People have problems. It's hard to be young. It's hard to find your way. Correct. Your prefrontal cortex, especially if you're a man, is not entirely formed until you're 25 years old. You feel right. lost. You feel, you know, you're, you're rootless. You don't exactly understand who you are. You're trying to acquaint yourself with a sense of self. That's what it comes down to. Right. That's why we need families. That's why we need faith. And, and the key thing to keep to remember is basically this. If we want a full-on comprehensive strategy on how to protect our friends, and look at what the threats are. Then we go back to the four pillars of, you know, the happiness rate, your happiness 401k plan, which is faith, family, friends, and work. What are the big threats for our young people today? When it comes to faith, the big threat is that whole families are falling away from the faith, and we're offering kids social movements and social justice and politics, right. which, is a, which are zombie religions. I got nothing against social movements. I got nothing against social justice. I got nothing against politics. You and I have done a lot of politics in our mm-hmm. time, but they are not faith. They're an inadequate substitute. They're zombie religions. The second thing is, is family life. You know, and family life is, I mean, it's, it's critical, except that we're telling kids that they shouldn't get married until they're 30 that they should maybe not have kids because it's horrible for the environment. We're telling kids that, that the, the most important thing that links them cosmically to other people is like their demographic identity. That is insanity. That's false family life. And it's inadequate to them, but they don't know why, which doesn't give them substance. Friendship, the threat on that is social media. No joke. Social media is, is, like, a, a, is like radon gas. It's going into every nook and cranny of life. And it's crowding out, it's substituting for in-person relationships, which is, I mean, neurophysiologically, it couldn't be clearer. We crave a, a peptide, a neuropeptide in the brain called oxytocin. It's what links us together, and it's intensely pleasurable. You get it from eye contact and touch. You don't get it from, from social media. Social media is like, the, is like the burgers and fries of social life. Mm-hmm. It'll fill you up and, and give you too many calories. And it won't meet your nutrient needs, so you'll binge on it and actually even get lonelier. And last but not least is work. You know, we're moving away from meaningful work, especially for young people. It is insanity that we don't have opportunities for young people to actually have real jobs where they can do things and, and, and feel fulfilled themselves. This is what we need, Glenn. This is the full-on strategy. Real religion, 
more family, real friends, and actual work. And this will take care of a multitude of problems. If you were a uh, mom or dad like I was just recently, and you your family is on fire, and you feel right. very, very alone, uh, any advice directly to the parents that are either entering it now or deep into it? Bring them closer. Anytime a kid is running away, is in real, real crisis, don't let them run. I mean, it just chase them down. Keep them close. Keep them with you. This is the key thing that, that a lot of parents forget. You know, my kid is like, he doesn't want to be with me, and he's only hanging out with us. I'm going to give him space. No, 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 no. No space. More love, less space is what it comes down to. And, and part of the reason for that is that, that a lot of times we don't know what we actually need. Their friends are not giving them the love that they actually seek. The social media is actually making things worse. They're getting fired up at school to become culture warriors and to be afraid of absolutely everything. And the one thing they actually actually can count on is the love of their parents. Pray together, eat together, say, I love you every single night. You know, I know that's hard for a lot. There are a lot of people listening to us from Minnesota. You know that old joke, Len, that there's a man in Minnesota who loved his wife so much that he almost told her. <laughs> and i know it's hard for a lot of people but you got it you got to do this you've got to hold them close and bring them closer and say i know you're suffering no matter what it is we're going to do this together man we're going to do this together yeah i will tell you that um uh, we're so blessed to have been open and honest with our kids about really everything um, our whole lives, and we've never treated them like kids. I mean, you know, you're going, we're, we're going to the White House, kids. Come on, you're coming with us, and you will sit there, and you will listen. Um, and we've included them on, on everything that most people wouldn't. And um, we just are now seeing the payoff of that um, yeah. because we, we worried, you know, what's going on in their life and everything else. And when it really mattered, each of them came to us and they were the ones who told us and and it, to some degree knew that it was OK. I really right. feel for those parents who um, who don't have that relationship because then it's got to be doubly yeah. hard. Well, parents make two big errors when it comes to the crisis in their kids. Number one is that they'll give kids space when they say they want it. And number two is that they freak out. Nothing good ever happens from freaking out. There's actually a whole, believe it or not, whole psychological literature on how damaging it is to freak out. People think you have to be cathartic and express your anger and, you know, cry it out. That's wrong. You need to not freak out. My older brother had kids way younger than me. I mean, and, and, and he's older than I am. And I said, give me one piece of advice when my kids were born. And he said, just, just don't freak out. I yeah. said, about what? He says, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. And you know what's and funny sure is enough, you learn that when your child, your first child falls down and yeah. hurts themselves, they first look to you. And the first exactly. time, my first child, I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, are you okay? And they cried. After the after the first child, they would fall down, and I go, "Who just fell down?" and went boom, and they laugh. I mean, they I know, really look for they feed off of your reaction. Yeah, and if when it's something really dire, like you're talking about with your kids, keep them close. Don't freak out. If you need to cry, cry with them. Yeah, 
do it, but do the whole thing together. It's not, this is, it's not going to be the end of the world. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of people listening to us have little kids. The, the problems that you're going to face, even if it's not your child is, is, is thinking about tremendous self-harm. I mean, I, like, I got a son who's a special operations Marine. And, you know, I lay awake nights when he goes do. on field trips. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you don't, you don't know. know. He's a scout sniper in the U.S. Marine Corps. He's 22, married. His wife's having a baby. I mean, it's like, it, it's, it, it, these are, it, thank God. I mean, thank God. But these things are still incredible worries. This is the kind of sanctified suffering I'm talking about. Yeah. To put it all into perspective and say, we go through this together. We get closer to each other. We get closer to God. And we're certainly not going to offer this up on the altar of social media and inflammatory politics because yeah. nothing good is going to come from that. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to talk to you, brother. Thank you so much. And when are you coming yeah. to Dallas? I would like to do another podcast with you. When are you coming? I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'm, I'm in Dallas as often as I can be. I and mean, you had a good sense to actually leave the East Coast and go there. I should do that, too. Yeah, hello. I will be there. Yeah, good. I know, man. I'm going to be right. there in the next few months. I'll, I'll give you a heads up. Okay, thanks a lot, Arthur. Appreciate it. Thanks, Arthur, brother. Arthur yeah. Brooks, uh, Harvard Kennedy School and Business School professor. Uh, you can find him at ArthurBrooks.com, ArthurBrooks.com. So here's the deal. You can't, you know, you, you can't be going to a mechanic or dealership to get your car fixed because you're going to be paying thousands of dollars to do it, right? But where are you going to go? There's no, it's not like you can fix your own car anymore. You need the money now for gas, you need the money for food, and you can't afford to fix your car. This is this is when things really break down, and it's just it's just much more stress that you just don't need. I have Car Shield. It is a protection plan um, that will uh, cover me for any any covered repairs, any kind of especially expensive you know chips or anything like that. It covers all the costly repairs. And so I don't have to worry about it. I, I can, you know, have just a little bit of rainy day fun so you can, you know, manage the little things that might happen. But if it's a big thing, you, you've got to have somebody else pick up that burden. And that's CarShield. CarShield, you can go there now and save 20% on a plan that you design and will fit your budget. You'll be prepared for the unexpected and the worst case scenarios. Call 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. Go to carshield.com slash Beck. You go there and you'll save 20%. Carshield.com slash Beck. Or call them and use the promo code Beck at 800-227-6100. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're, we're glad you're here. Uh, there's a uh, podcast that is coming out tomorrow. It's already out for Blaze TV subscribers. It is really good. Matthew Lohmeyer, he is um, a Space Force veteran, uh, and he started ringing the bell about the decaying situation at the Pentagon, and uh, he was fired for it. Uh, luckily, luckily, he uh, wrote a book. Uh, called Irres Irresistible Revolution. 
and it is the unmaking of the American military. And it is fascinating. There's already people that are bidding on, uh, I think, documentary rights uh, for the book and film rights for the book. It is it is an inside look of what's going on and why it's so dangerous. But more importantly, he has answers on what to do to fix it. Um, he is highly intelligent. Again, he was the guy that uh, he was, I think he was in charge of, of uh, finding any ballistic missile launches all around the world. His technology and space force was looking at the surface of the earth for temperature changes that would mean somebody has launched. Okay. Uh, and he talks about space force. He talks about China and the hypersonic missile with Russia uh, it is a fascinating, fascinating conversation um, about the Nord Stream pipeline. And we even I did ask him about UFOs. I mean, I can't. You had to. You know, I have to ask uh, him about UFOs. You have to. His answer was fascinating. Not the answer I thought I'd get. Fascinating. Did, did oh, my see? gosh, I sound like Spock. Fascinating. <laughs> did you see, too, that there's a story today about how China has this ability for a phantom space strike? Uh-huh. And so the idea would be basically it would China would make it look like it was firing missiles at us and exactly how they do this. It's a little bit complicated, um, but they would require us then to to stop to fire intercepting uh, missiles to stop their payload. Of course, there's no actual missiles coming. So we would be weakening our defenses by thinking we're fighting off a Chinese uh, assault or some assault that's coming. And then we're much more vulnerable because we've used up all of our defenses. Mm. That's, a, that's a high level game. I, I got to say, China may want to rethink that. Maybe they make it look like it's somebody else, but it's like, what if we react a way they're not expecting? I mean, you know, like, I, I feel like a lot of these things are just like, they don't, they're not well thought out. Uh, did, did you know that Russia, I'm sorry, China is, at the solar, I'm sorry, at the southern pole of the moon now in what's called, I think, the rim of light because it's this deep crater and the sun never sets. So it's always the rim is lit. Mm. Uh, apparently, they're there ready to make water and other things to be able to build a base. They're way ahead on certain things. Uh, we were not paying attention to space. And uh, China and Russia are, and apparently they're what they have capabilities to do are beyond us. They say, I'm not sure I believe that after talking to this guy who was, you know, in space force, he wouldn't tell me any of the, you know, I'm like, come on, come on. Really? Come on. Just we have the, the aliens, down. right? Unburden I mean, yourself. Yeah. Unburden yourself. He was <laughs> like, he's really honorable. And he's like, no, but. I will tell you that uh, probably in five or ten years, you'll find out some of the things that they were doing and we are currently doing. Mm -hmm. And he said it will blow you away. Okay, Maybe come literally. On, come on, come Maybe on, literally. Yeah, we literally. may all get yeah. blown away by this. Yeah, all right. <laughs> come on, come on. You can break. Anyway, uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. You can join us and get that podcast or wherever you get your podcasts or on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Glenn Beck.